Hey, hey friends. Today I have Allison and Jenny, my partners at the TMA membership on the podcast. It's been a while since we've just introduced ourselves and updated y'all on our life and our business. And so I'm excited to chat. In this episode, we talk about a lot of different fun things. Some of the best business advice we were ever given, life-changing business decisions, biggest mistakes and learning moments, and even anxiety that we all deal with sometimes as creative business owners, and a lot more. So it's a good one. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology Podcast, photography education for a business you love. My name is Kim Box, and I'm your host with a collaboration of my co-hosts and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger and Allison Craig. So we're just diving right in today, friends. So now I present to you episode number 53 of the Motherhood Anthology Podcast. I want each of you to tell everyone a little about your business journey, how long you've been in business, where you started, where you are now. Yeah, I am a little over 13 years into my business and I've, I know I've shared this story before, but when I started my business, my oldest, who is 14 now, was a baby and I worked before he was born, but then after he was born, I didn't work and my husband was working and had a decent job, but we were in our mid twenties. And so it was definitely like first out of college type of jobs. And then I didn't go back to my job and we were struggling. It was like, okay, what groceries can we buy this month with this money that's left? (laughs) And so I decided to start this business thinking that, okay, like I can get better at my camera really fast. And I have, I went to school for business and music business. So I had, or I thought I had the business background and sense to figure it out. And we desperately needed more income every month. And so I was like, we'll just combine the two. I can make this work. And it's a lot harder than you would think. (laughs) Like it doesn't just happen next month, but I knew from very early on that like I had to truly treat it like a business and charge profitably and all of those things that come along with it. So I feel like because I, it wasn't for fun. Like I knew that I had to make money for our family. It really put my feet to the fire and encouraged me to figure it out really quickly, if that makes sense. So that's how I started. And It was slow, definitely like within the first year or so, because I was charging much higher rates than the majority of people around me. So I was making good sales, but they were few and far between, I would say was the biggest difference from starting out to once I got going. So yeah, it just kind of built up slowly like that, but I was really like hard pressed to figure it all out. So Jenny, when you started, you were charging higher prices than your competitors? Like what made you do that? What set you out on that path? Because so many of, we hear so many people say, me included, we start out not charging enough and then realize quickly that we can't sustain that pace and Mm -hmm. have to go up. So what was it that, that made you just begin that way? Yeah, I think that's really rare. Like you said, like most people probably aren't starting out that way. I think between having my business background, I had taken even as far back as high school, like I majored in business in college, but in high school, even then we had marketing courses, entrepreneurial courses, accounting courses. So I did all of those. I knew that I wanted to be in business someday. A different industry was my goal, but even still (laughs) it all works. But before I had my son, I had worked for a CPA. And so I was doing 
taxes and accounting for like tons of small businesses, bookkeeping every month for small businesses. So I think that gave me like an actual window into businesses around me, not photography businesses, but just local small businesses that I could clearly see y'all aren't making any money or this one is. I I had that information to then take with me and say, okay, I need to figure out. But at the time I didn't realize this was what cost of doing business was or had a name to it. But I knew that I had to take the income that I needed plus all of my expenses, plus think about paying taxes and say, okay, if I account for all of those things, what do I need to charge to have enough left over to pay myself enough to make it number one, worth it to do this, but also like we needed that income, right? right? So I looked around and, and it's still true to this day. You see the majority, I would say, of photographers charging $50 for a mini session, $300 for a full session, $200, whatever. And I would look at those prices and be like, how, how are they doing this? How are they making, how are they paying their mortgage with these prices? And the reality is most of them aren't. And I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't be that photographer. Like I didn't want to, but also I just couldn't afford to if this wasn't going to make enough income to my, to add to our monthly like income to pay our bills, I didn't want to leave my baby. I just couldn't afford to do that. I couldn't afford to work a job that was fun and I loved, but for free, basically that just wasn't an option for us. So it was just by force. (laughs) Well, I think that's, that's one of the things that makes you such a wonderful coach is that so many times someone is either a great artist or they're a great business person. And I feel like you bring both sides of the coin to the table. And so that's change, honestly, like changing lives and businesses um, for our members, because so many people are just struggling. They, They may be really busy, but then they're burnout and they're not making enough money. And so it's always so fun to see when people can plug into both sides of that. And so they're not like working themselves to death and they're making a great living. And so that's, yeah, those are my favorite like transformations or like success stories to see in our membership or even the free community of people who have been there a while and just slowly made those changes or maybe quickly made those changes. I honestly truly love both sides I would sit here all day and do my bookkeeping. <laughs> I know anybody listening right now is probably, that's not me at all. I do not want to do that, but I do. I love the marketing. I love the branding, the bookkeeping, all of the little business things that honestly make up the majority of your business. The time you're shooting in front of or clicking a button behind the camera is such a small piece of it to be a truly successful business, but I love both equally. And I think truly now that I say it out loud, getting able or being able to do both equally really keeps it fresh. And I don't get too tired of one or the other, if that makes sense, because I like them both. So I think that's fun. Hey, Allison, tell us about your journey. Like, So my business is just over 11 years old and I was a labor and delivery nurse before all of this got started. And I really, I started taking pictures. It's the same like cliche thing that you hear a lot of photographers talk about, but I started taking pictures of my oldest when he was little and 
I knew really quickly whenever I was a nurse that that was not the final stepping stone for me. I could tell, even though I had a lot of money sunk into that education. And so between knowing that and then also 12 hour shifts and that just not being conducive for me to raise a family and also quite frankly, like wanting more money, that's what really lit the fire for me to open a business. And I was horrible when I first started. I mean, I was not good, none of it, but I did have the eye for photography. And I think that that is really hard to teach. And so I Googled everything, YouTubed everything until I stumbled across Jenny's course, like an online workbook and consumed that within like a night and was like, I I'm just going to do this because at that point in my business, I was the opposite of Jenny. And I was looking around at other photographers and what they were charging and sort of gauging like, okay, well, I'm definitely not better than that person. So I can't charge more than they are. And very quickly, like running myself into the ground because burnout is real. And if you don't, it's one of those things, like you don't know what you don't know. And so If you have no clue about the business part of it, and you don't know what a cost of doing business is, and you don't know how to be profitable, then you're just sort of flying by the seat of your pants and you don't really know what's wrong, but it's all wrong. And it's all making you really sad, (laughs) even though (laughs) photography really makes you happy. And so it's pushing and pulling. And so I was to the point where I knew that what I was doing wasn't working. And I also knew that based on my own experience and based on what I had already done for myself, as far as looking at like the sessions that really made me happy and sort of picking apart like the bits and pieces of those, I knew that I wanted to give my clients a different experience, not just the show up, photograph them, give no direction at all but I just didn't have the wherewithal to know like how to even start any of that. And so whenever I stumbled across Jenny's workbook, that sort of was the guide that I needed because back then it's, I don't think that anybody who's not been in the industry for eight, maybe really it's 10 years would be the gauge of it. There just was nothing back then. All there was, was Google and some YouTube videos. And now I feel like it's just the complete opposite. There's so much at your fingertips. So If you need help with branding, if you need help with marketing, if you need help with anything, but back then there wasn't. And so when I stumbled across this like workbook that was like glowing gold, bright lights coming out from it, I was like, I'm going to read every bit of it and do it tomorrow. And I really did. And I repriced myself, rebranded myself literally overnight and started charging. And I went from 350 or 300, I don't remember exactly what it was to doing like in-person sales and having like my first sale of, I think it was $1,800 in in a Starbucks at a table with my client. And so that was, that was sort of my journey. And from then on, it was being profitable and actually like paying myself from then on. So Jenny, I'm like you, I, I started out out of necessity and some people have heard me say I've been I'm old. So <laughs> I've been doing this for 20, been in the industry for 20 years. And the way I was the, the membership director, let me back up a little bit. 
I had a cute gift shop once upon a time. It was a bed and bath shop and I loved it. I loved the marketing. I loved the buying. I loved the selling. My whole background before photography was sales. And I feel like I'm a people person and I think I was good at sales. And so the whole retail thing didn't work out, even though I loved it so much. And so I had to move back home and I was the membership director for our local chamber of commerce, which was lots of ribbon cuttings and kind of a sales job too. And so I went to a ribbon cutting at a wedding shop and I was a single mom at the time. My daughter was, I think, seven years old. And of course we were living barely paycheck to paycheck, if even that. And so I still needed, I needed a creative outlet kind of like the gift shop. And uh, I was at this uh, wedding planner slash shop ribbon cutting. And so my, one of my jobs was to take, you know, the picture of the ribbon cutting And I remember looking around thinking, I think I could do wedding photography. And the owners were really sweet. And I kind of said, you know, pick their brain a little bit. And they were like, we always have people that really don't have a budget. And of course, now we know that's probably not a great place to start. (laughs) But at the time, like they set me up with a few weddings. And I remember my first wedding, I marched like I'm kind of fearless to a fault. And I just marched in the camera shop. And said, I want to be a wedding photographer. What do I need? And at the time, digital photography was brand new. It was just like all the old traditional film guys. And Uh I remember they they were like, okay, we'll fix you up. And I remember paying, no joke, $800 for my first flash card. So you only had two, maybe. Anyway, so I marched into my first wedding not knowing anything and on a wing and a prayer And so that's how it all began, but then slowly learned more and got more business and then became partners with my business partner, Josh. And we shot lots of weddings through the years, lots of portraits, went from shooting everything to kind of niching down and then needing to get out of the wedding industry for my sanity and family's sake, just because I was trading so much time with my own family And out of that grew Indie Film Lab and Indie Print Co. And then partnerships with you guys, the Motherhood Anthology. So that's my story. And like you said, Allison, back in the day, everything was a convention or a conference or a workshop. There was nothing like our membership or online coaching or any of that. And so that's why, to me, I'm just in awe of our group and how open it is and how much amazing information there is there. Because even when you would pay thousands of dollars to go to these conferences, you didn't, you really didn't get the answers you wanted. Like you wanted to say, what are you charging for that? How much are you making? Like how nobody wanted to share those sorts of things. And it's just like, I think if you're new, you should appreciate how easy. There was just no, there was no open books. It was very, I remember Googling, right. Or looking on YouTube and it's like, sure, maybe you could find like some vague version of the answer you're looking for, but it still wasn't what you were looking for. And so then you still had to like sort of do it on your own anyways. Mm -hmm. And it was hard. I mean, it's hard building a business from Google. Like Mm -hmm. I, I literally remember typing how to open a small business in Texas, like literally, like that's how I did it. And then trying to like piece together the steps, like, okay, I need to do this first, like DBA. Okay. But then I need the next step is go down and get a bank account. Okay. But then I do that. It's hard to Mm -hmm. to do it whenever 
you have no clue what comes first. And then it still goes back to, you don't know what you don't know. So it's like, you don't sometimes even know the questions to ask. So it's so nice to have a community where they're feeding you these answers that you might not have even known that you should have thought about in the first place. And then really, uh, we've said it before, but I think we all know that anytime you go to a retreat or a workshop, the best part and the most valuable part are those like evenings after everything winding down and you get to sit around with other people and just say like, how, how are you handling this? Or what do you Mm -hmm. do about this? And that's really what I feel like our group feels is just sitting around being able to say, Hey, well, you know, what do I do about this? And there's always people that will help you with that. Yeah. I agree. Okay. So if you guys had to pick a couple of highlights of owning your own business, what would you say? This one was so hard. I don't know why. I, so I put in some really important things and then I put in one more superficial thing. So the two most important for me, I think is truly when you price profitably and build up that business, your work-life balance can be amazing. I'm taking this week off. There are so many months where I end up taking a week off from photographing clients. I'm here when my kids go to school. I'm here most of the time when they get home to make the kind of money that we are all making and still being able to do those things and say that is, I realize like what a privilege that is. And so that's amazing to me. And then the second one along those lines, but being able to support my family. I, like I said, early, earlier, when I started my business, we were really struggling and we almost lost our house, our much smaller, like cheaper house than we're in now. And it was like, not the way that it is right now. And just being able to say like, I can pay all of our bills. I can give my kids more than I ever thought that I would be able to give them. They don't have to, I grew up in a household where I heard so many arguments about money and it was always stressful about money. And I just really did not want that for my kids. I want them to know like how important it is to work hard and make money and make enough to support you. But I didn't want them to hear my husband and I ever argue about money or feel like, do we have enough money to buy groceries this week and things like that? Or here's your lunch money for the week. And it buys you like almost nothing. Like I didn't want that for them. And so being able to support my family and give them a different experience is like the most important to me. And then another highlight that is way more superficial is I've gotten to photograph a few celebrities and that popped into my head when I saw this question, but honestly it was exciting to begin with, but it's, it's not any better than my regular clients. Like I would take my regular people clients over a big celebrity any day of the week, but that's been fun. (laughs) It's fun Mm -hmm. to say. Hey you, Allison. Oh man. Okay. So Same thing. I feel like whenever I was looking at this question, I was like, oh gosh, I feel like that's such an easy question, but it's not. So so yeah. So three highlights for me. One is that this business has afforded me the flexibility to live in one state and work in another. And I feel like that's a huge deal. My family has really gotten like the best of both worlds. And that's like the flexibility that not very many people like have the opportunity to have. So I've loved that. Another highlight is sort of what Jenny said. I 
I have had the ability to like fully support my family and pay all the bills. And that's really big to me because whenever I quit my nursing job and when I quit, I still was paying on my student loans. That was like salt in the wound. And so <laughs> like to, to now be making as much money as I am from just portraits and be able to pay the bills for my family. It's nice. It's like a pat on my shoulder that, yes, I went to school for nursing and got my bachelor's of science and did all of that stuff, but I forged my own path on this and made it. So that's a highlight. And then the other highlight is I have been able to hire employees and pay them a salary. And they have then in turn been able to buy a house and also pay their own bills. And that's a really cool feeling to not only be able to support my own family, but to also be running a business that can then like support an employee. So that's also really cool. Yeah. I mean, I would echo that, that it sounds, I don't know, corny, hokey, whatever, but it's true for me. I just, most every day I feel so blessed because I've talked a lot about my dad, but he worked at a paper mill in maintenance. It it paid well, but it was because it was nasty and hot and dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I've talked about, I have a lot of guilt around that. I make probably more, like I could make more at a wedding than my dad probably made work in two or three weeks at that paper mill. And, but Shannon Griffin pointed out once here, which I take this with me. She said, your dad worked that hard so that you would be in a place where you didn't have to. And so the fact that I get to talk to great people and meet people and photograph people and have built a team of partners and, and employees that I truly genuinely care for and feel like they're my family that, I mean, life doesn't get much better than that, you know, and I don't take that for granted at all. And then from a, just like you said, monetary standpoint, I mentioned that we bought a little cabin on the lake last year. And that has always been just a huge goal is to have a little place on the water, just a lot for sentimental reasons, because that's where I grew up with my dad. And that was just a big, a big bucket list check off for me last year. And if you've heard me talk to Shanna Skidmore in, in the episodes previous, she talks about finding your enough. And for me, enough is probably not more, 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 but I feel like I'm almost, I almost have everything I really ever wanted. I can't complain. And so I'm just going to try not to skip right over that. So that's my answer to that question. I love it. Okay, so we're going to go from the high to the low. (laughs) Biggest mistake or learning moment for you guys? Oh, this was also really hard for me. I want to say in general, like ignoring red flags from clients. But then I went back and I was like, sometimes it's so hard to tell. Like everything is like 2020 in hindsight, right? Like looking back, you see like, okay, that could have been a red flag. But also I've seen things that, in my head, I'm like, okay, this is a little, this could go either way. And then they become the best client ever. So it's hard. It's really hard to tell. And I would say learning moment is to just truly just trust yourself, put your processes in place, do all you can, and just know and be at peace with if something happens, you did everything you could, but you tried to explain, let's just say pricing, for example, 
you tried to explain it in multiple different ways. You put it in your contract, all this stuff. They signed off on it. There will always be like one or two that like fall through the cracks and just don't get it. And sometimes it's really hard to come to terms with that, but then just realizing that, okay, if it was one person out of a hundred, it's probably not you. You don't need to go through and change everything about your business. I think we want to do that sometimes. Like we'll have a sticky situation and we'll think, okay, this isn't working. I need to totally change all of this. If it's truly just like one or two people a year out of many sessions, it's not you, you know, you can learn from it and maybe add another line to your contract or another place where they need to initial or tweak it a little bit, but you don't need to like throw everything out and say, oh, because of this, it didn't work. But when you're in it, it's really hard. I personally get pretty just like irritated and resentful when it's like, here's, here are the, let's just say, here are the rules of the game that we've both, we have explained to each other. Everybody understands them. You act like you understand them. And then three months later, you don't want to play by the rules anymore. That seems so unfair to me. And so I get frustrated with that. But I think just working with, when you work with more than one client a year, it's just bound to happen, right? And just saying, okay, it's just going to happen and be at peace with it and move on. It's really the only thing you can do. It's just when you're in it, it's hard to see Like, what is the saying? It's hard to see the forest through the trees. Like right, right. <laughs> you're when you're in it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is everything needs tweaking. Everything needs to be re- revamped. I'm doing everything wrong. But really, if it's like one out of a hundred clients, it's not you, it's them. And so, right. Yeah. (laughs) But man, it's annoying when you're in it. (laughs) It's frustrating. Yeah. It's truly frustrating because you're like, no, you agreed to these things or whatever it is. It could be anything, but it's, you can't, can't, there's no take backs. That's not fair. How about you, Allison? What's a big mistake or learning (sighs) moment for you? Man, so... For me, I like you guys know that I'm like the queen of outsourcing. And I feel like I have outsourced and or attempted to build a team for a very long time. And I think that one of my biggest mistakes and learning moments is not like not setting clear boundaries and or trusting my gut around what I'm outsourcing and the people that I'm outsourcing to. I feel like when it's your own business and you're also like a people pleaser, a lot of times you want to see only the best in people. And sometimes that can just lead to disaster. So if I, if I had the biggest learning moment of my life, it would have been in doing all of that. And all of that to be said, I have the most amazing employee now, and I could not run the business that I have without her, but it took a lot of trial and tribulation to get there and learning moments of what am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? What can I do better? And yeah, it's, I think along the way, especially again, whenever I am who I am, which is trying to make everyone happy and also wanting to see the good in everybody. It's really hard to, to outsource and build a team. And so I know that a lot of people have asked me those same questions. I I think like even in the past, Kim, they've said, you should do a podcast on that. (laughs) But I I feel like I'm also still learning. Like it's, that's hard, especially because it's high. It's and especially in the beginning, it's like you're flying by the seat of your pants and sort of learning as you go. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know, maybe you can speak to that as well, Kim, on building a team, because I know that you've done the same thing. And I've asked you questions in the past whenever I was was in the thick of it as well. But it's hard. <laughs> and there are learning moments in there. For sure. I think the only thing you can really do is follow your gut. And gosh, what is the higher, slow, fire fast? Is that what they say? <laughs> yeah. Um, Bingo. You know, be sure when it comes to like, bringing someone in onto your team, I think you just have to be so sure. But then just as in life, there are things are going to happen and you just correct and move on. It's usually yeah. not the end of the world. So yeah, I think for me, I've spent a lot of time working in my business and not enough time working on my businesses. And to be totally transparent, I feel like as far as, because you girls are the money queens, that's why I don't talk about money because I know I'm not really good at it, but I have made a promise to myself in the last year especially with Film Lab and Print Co. In the, when it was just photography, I could work harder and that was my gauge. And I know that's the wrong way to do it. But when our Film Lab really saw a lot of growth in the last year or two and it got too big to just gauge by my gut, if you know what I mean. And so I am learning about money and managing money and businesses and accounting and how you think it, you may think one thing you may think, but until you actually see the whole, the, what's that saying? The cold, hard facts in front of you, you don't know, you don't know you're, if you're spinning your wheels in all the wrong places. And I know that's why you and Jenny preach so much. You've got to know your numbers. You've got to know, because otherwise like, how do you know where to put your, how to put your focus or your energy? And there's only so much of that. So that's my advice. And my biggest learning moment is sometimes you got to stop and sharpen the saw. It's true. And sometimes it's like what all of our members say. It's like, when you do that, sometimes it makes you like gasp for air because you either are like, oh, okay, I'm all right. Or it's your, oh my gosh, like I had no idea, mm-hmm. but either way, it just gives you the the knowledge and the tools you need mm-hmm. to make accurate like adjustments mm-hmm. to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think then it becomes a fun game. If you have, if you know your numbers and you have goals then it's fun. It's okay. If I do this, then I'm going to make this like a budget. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I'm lucky enough to say, I don't have to go to the grocery store and shop on a budget today, but there was a time that I did. And if you have a budget, you get creative. And so that's the same with knowing your numbers and money. If you know your goals and your numbers, then it can kind of be a fun game. Okay. So do you guys ever feel imposter syndrome? Or what I like to call, I suck, I suck, I suck. I love that. <laughs> like once yeah. a year, I'm like scrolling Instagram or Facebook and I say, mm-hmm. I suck, I suck. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I can say with a hundred percent certainty that we, I see people in both like membership and our free community or people following us on Instagram. And I'm like, they're so much better than me. If their work is stunning, I would love for my work to look like that. And I think truly it's twofold. Like, yes, you need to continually be improving your work and wanting to grow. And that's great. And 
like your work to a degree that you can stand behind it and say like, no, this is, this is great work. But if you ever didn't feel that way, I think you're in trouble. I think we should always want to be better or at least recognize that there are other people doing it just as well or better than us. And that kind of, again, like lights that fire under you to not just rely on your work to sell itself. Like you really have to deal with branding and marketing and all those things because a lot of people have really great work. And on the flip side, a lot of photographers start businesses and have really great work, but don't put those business pieces into play. And so they can't survive as a business. I've seen, we say this all the time. I've seen like such mediocre to people that I would literally never hire having million dollar a year businesses. And then the most beautiful artists that can't book a client or can't book a client at profitable pricing. And so all that tells me is it's truly not about your work. Mostly like that has something to do with it. You can't, I don't think you, I I'm not saying go around with really awful work and not try to improve and you're golden, but like at some point it's just not about that. And so we were talking yesterday, my husband and I, and I said, I had, I think one or two sessions booked next week. And then I, a couple of babies were born that were on my list. And so it's going to end up being like four or five sessions next week, which I try not to do more than two to three a week. And I was saying it's because I get so much anxiety going into a session, not because I don't trust my skills, but I'm not cheap. I know that the clients that hire me are expecting a certain level of good quality. Let's say they're expecting the session to go well. They trust me. And so, you know, you never know when you're working with babies and children and toddlers, there's a lot that's out of your control, right? Like I can't, I can't control how a 14 day old baby is going to act. Right. When we're shooting outside, I don't have control over the weather, things like that. And so it's just a lot of anxiety probably put on for myself and stress of just wanting everything to go well. So before every single session, even throughout shooting the session, I'm a ball of stress, like just wanting it to be my best session ever for these clients. And I think while that, while that sucks for me, let's say, I think that's good for your clients. I think it's good to care. Maybe I could care like a small bit less, but Mm -hmm. it's good that I think we still, all these years later, a lot of us care that much. You know, if I didn't care that much, then what would my work look like? What would my effort be? And so it's definitely a double-edged sword, I think. So this question isn't on the list, but it's something that I'd want to do a episode on in the future. Do you guys struggle with anxiety? Because I do not like heavy anxiety most of the time, but once every few years, I get a good bout of it. And I talk to a lot of other creatives that feel that way too. And like I said, I've been talking to to my counselor and she's going to hop on an episode and, and talk about this whole thing. But what is it about creatives and our, what we do, I think that does cause anxiety? And is that something you guys deal with too? I I think it's because we have no one to answer to except ourselves. Truly. It's, I, I was saying this the other day when I was a nurse, I went to the hospital, I clocked in, I delivered babies. I wrapped them up. I wheeled them to postpartum. I charted, I clocked out, I went home and I got paid. Whereas like in this job, there is Kim, you were mentioning like enough, right? But 
there's no one to tell you what enough is except ourselves, but then we have to hold ourselves accountable to that enough, which it's so easy to just slide that over and make it more and more and more because it's, you're measuring yourself against nothing against just yourself. And so I feel like for creatives, there's the anxiety of, am I doing enough? Am I ticking all the boxes? Am I showing up for myself? In our case, like him, it's like, are we doing enough to like to serve our employees? There's all of these anxiety inducing things. Like, you know, Jenny, with you, it's like you have this anxiety of showing up for your clients and giving them your best work. And you're an extrovert. You don't, you're not a huge fan of people anyway. And then you're going to like all these sessions five times a week. Like it's <laughs> like we're, it's a lot. It's a lot for creatives having no one to answer to except themselves and do it all successfully. That's hard. Yeah. I think we just, if you're doing, if you're doing it right and you're wanting to do it well, those people tend to like, we're holding ourselves to such a high standard and there's so much pressure and truly not from our clients. My clients never pressure me or make me feel worried, but I do it to myself. I just, I think when, especially when it's your art, there's also like the creative and like personal side to it that you just want to make sure that everything goes right. And it could easily not like, and you just, there's no way to control that. I think it's just a lot of lack of control. And I think people that tend to like have anxiety and like high stress really want to control things that give them anxiety. And there's just stuff in this business that is out of your control. I think there's something to the fact that you're getting paid to do something creative and creativity is hard to turn on and off. Like sometimes you just don't feel it, you know, and if you're one that I'm a, I'm, I don't know what the terminology impact is an empath or I feel Mm. things deeply. And if I'm not feeling it, it's hard to do it well. And I think that's part of it for me. And also Josh, he went, my partner went to a, counselor therapist one time and he was like what's this what is this all about and he said the therapist said it's always you creatives that I see in my office with anxiety it's never the nine to fivers it's like you said Allison it's never the (laughs) nine to fivers but you guys just lay in bed at night and you can't the wheels never stop spinning and that's the truth if you're wired that way it's a blessing and a curse I think there's never ending ideas and tweaks that we want to make and things we want to do and ideas that we have, but also there's never ending ideas. Yeah. You can't turn it off. I will. I am the queen of going to bed at night and things pop into my head and I send myself emails almost every night of, Oh, don't forget to do this tomorrow. Oh, this idea. Don't forget Mm -hmm. to do this. And it's like, why do we do that to ourselves? But there's always things my business is always running through my head, right? I'm always worrying about my clients or this session or that session or this business thing. And so you, you really can't turn that on and off. Do y'all have any practical tips? What do you do to ease that? Oh man. Okay. Jenny, you're going to laugh, but my, my husband has started doing that. Um, Wim Hof breathing. Have y'all heard of this? No. Is he the ice guy too? 
Yeah, 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 yes. And so, yes, so we've been doing ice baths, but this Wim Hof breathing, Kim, actually, you would probably do it. You would like it, but Jenny, you'd probably just going to laugh through the whole thing and not be able to like hold your breath. <laughs> Come on, but, Allison, let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, but it actually works. If you are having anxiety and you, and you, we should probably actually put a link to this in the show notes, but it works. Like you do this breathing exercise. And I remember, so when I go to Texas for my sessions from the time, the morning that I go to catch my flight, I'm convinced that I'm going to miss my flight a hundred percent, even though the airport is eight minutes away and I have TSA pre-check, like I'm convinced that I'm going to miss my flight and I have anxiety. And I got to Texas and Kelly sent me a link and was like, do this breathing exercise. And I did it and it helps so much. And you wind up like holding your breath for a minute and a half. And I was like, there's no way I can do this, but you do. And you feel so much better. So that's my go-to right now is this hippie breathing exercises that make me feel better. <laughs> All right. We're going we're gonna to link it. We're going to find it. And I, I solemnly swear that I will give it a try and give it. It's my- either that and ice baths are another thing that we're doing where we, <laughs> and you know what I've had, I posted about this on my business Insta stories. And I had multiple people respond that they are also doing ice baths. So it's not just a me thing and they work. So you can do that too. Um, I'm going to try the breathing thing first. That seems less <laughs> cold. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned it, that anxiety is bottled up energy. And if I will move my body, it gets rid of a lot of it. So like just getting outside and walking and then also just mindless TV, I'm ashamed to say, but I have to like put on something stupid that is not drama or anything concerning mm-hmm. or stressful, but housewives of something or that's so interesting because I think people are always surprised to learn that I, yes, I am a housewives fan. I don't watch all of them, but I have my favorites. And then I'm a bachelor. New York. Person. New York is good. New <laughs> the new New York. I'm a yes. 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 But Housewives and The Bachelor franchise and Love is Blind. I think I really love there is, is something too. to that because yeah. I we do I do so much like business stuff all day, accounting, just like businessy things, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's the creative part. And so, and then just the overall anxiety of owning your own business and being the boss. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. And so I think people are always surprised to find out that that's my, those are my guilty pleasures. Like at the end of the day, not every night, but I'll do like a marathon one night Mm -hmm. a week or two nights a week and catch up on everything. And that's, that is truly, I agree with you. Like you can just kind of turn everything else off and watching other people's like ridiculous drama when you're, you've been doing like hardcore business stuff all day (laughs) is is like a break for your brain. (laughs) Try British baking show. That's a good one. (laughs) All right. I'll add it to the list. Oh, goodness. Okay. So we don't have much more time. So let me ask you guys, if you had to give a beginner, someone just starting out a couple pieces of advice, what would you tell them? Put on blinders. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go with yours first and then I'll go with mine. (laughs) So put on blinders and just don't look around and think that that's what you need to be. And this truly goes for, you know, I know that a lot of People inside of community and membership are all wanting to to start like a version of a studio wardrobe or adding in hair and makeup or this and that. But it's like you can still make all of those things your own. And I think that if I was to 
give anybody advice. It would be to put on blinders. Don't look at what other people are doing. Price yourself based on your own needs and not what others are making or any of that and run with it and sort of put your head down and do the work. And yeah, that's, that's my advice. Yeah. I think I totally agree with that. We're going to sound like a broken record, but me, for me, it's pricing profitably, like truly anybody can take pictures for fun. Like you can be a hobbyist. You can take as many pictures of your friends and family and your family as you want to. You don't have to be a business, but if you're going to be a business, if you're going to leave your family, your spouse, your couch and housewives, your kids, whatever it is, if you're going to leave that, if you're going to leave your house, you should be pricing so that you make a profit and you make a living, a sustainable living that you can truly pay your bills with. Otherwise, there's not a lot of point in owning a business without profitability. And that just goes back to what Allison said of not looking around. I think if you judged what other people are pricing at, as success. I think you could see if I were, let's just take me for example, if I were charging $500 a session, I would be so busy. You would think I am the most successful photographer to ever walk the face of the earth, but I would be miserable. I would not be making the money that I'm making and I would hate my business. And eventually I couldn't do it anymore. Just because somebody is having a lot of clients, having a lot of sessions, doesn't mean that they're profitable and doesn't mean that their business is doing well. And so putting your blinders on, especially to that and going by your own cost of business and your numbers is the best thing you could ever do for your business. Good advice. I'm trying to think what my advice would be. I think, I think it's all about relationships. I think everything we do in business is about the relationships that we create with people Like you said, put on blinders. If you'll just focus on one client at a time, really serving them well and um, loving on them and creating a relationship with them that before long, you'll have more business than you really know what to do with. And then secondly was another piece of dad advice. He told me a long time ago that if you're working, if if you're busier than you want to be, your prices aren't high enough. And so... I'd say that if you're worn out and busy and burnt out and you don't know how you're going to keep up, then like you said, Jenny, the answer is to look at your pricing. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you so much, Jenny and Allison, for being on today. I think that was a good one. And I hope that we were able to acquaint ourselves and introduce ourselves to maybe some of you listeners that haven't heard of us before. So I wanted to wrap up by telling you about something new coming. If you go to our website, themotherhoodanthology.com and scroll to the bottom, you can sign up for a new series we have coming called Blueprint. And it talks all about pricing, marketing, and branding. And that starts October 23rd. So again, just go to our website, themotherhoodanthology.com, scroll to the bottom and click on that sign me up button. And we'll notify you when that begins. So I'll wrap up with this quote that I love by John Maxwell. He says, a good leader is a person who takes a little more than his share of the blame and a little less than his share of the credit. So from Ireland to yours, until next time, friends.